Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. Morning. I guess we'll uh, go ahead and get started. So, uh, there's uh, outside. There's helicopters and goats and things. A lot more exciting than probably what's going to happen in here. But I'm glad that you're here. And um, so I'm Paul Skidmore. For those of you who have forgotten who I am, or that I may have never met, everybody else I think knows me pretty well. I have taught this class off and on for about seven years, I guess. And um, Ben is out of town today and asked me to complete his Mark series today. So who's been in here for at least a couple of the Mark lessons? Okay. So my goal is to spend a lot of time talking about that. So might not take that much time since only about half of you have been here for that. I have not been here. I've been teaching another class, but um, I have listened to them online. So uh, it's been a good series. I've enjoyed listening to it. So welcome to North Boulevard, where we are always about uh, growing disciples and primarily through planting churches. Uh, discipleship growth is one of the biggest things that we're that we talk about a lot here in different contexts. And three things that we would like for everyone to do is to be part of a community and be part of a family and then be part of some kind of mentorship. And so at North Boulevard, that looks like being part of some kind of campus, such as here at East Campus or MT316, something like that. Uh, being in a life group where you guys are living life together and kind of breathing the same air a lot. And then D groups, discipleship groups, where there's some mentorship. Either you're pouring into somebody, helping them trust and follow Jesus, or they're helping you trust and follow Jesus. And places where you can find that, of course, are here in this class. Uh, on the table, you've got these white cards there. And so uh, if you are visiting us today, if you would fill out a card and just mark that you're a visitor, and that way we won't put you on the email list and all that, but we will have a record that you were here. And if you've never filled one of these white cards out before, if you would fill one out and let us know um, just some information about you, that'd be great. If you're interested in being in a discipleship group, that is to say you're not in a discipleship group, then you, I hope that you are interested in being in one. If you would fill out that white card and note that on the card. And so I mentioned that all these classes are video and audio recorded. Um, and we post those online at northboulevard.com slash fuel. There's also, you can search for it on iTunes, the podcast. And um, so like I said, I've listened to all of Ben's lessons and when Jordan Shirley and Timothy guest taught. And I uh, really enjoyed keeping up with you guys even though I haven't been in the room. Another place where you can find these things is at RFC, which meets on Mondays, Raiders for Christ for MTSU, and MT316, which is usually Sundays at 6, but I think that's not happening tonight, right? Yeah, no, no MT316 tonight. So, um, uh, one thing I used to do in here a lot was meet someone. I haven't heard it on the recording. Has anybody been met at all this semester? All right, so... Car Carson? No, yeah, no, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Come on up here. Let's let's meet Carson. Yay, Carson! All right. So I went to two different churches and two successive Sundays, and you were at both of them. What? So, do you have a twin? Are you following me? What's the story? Uh, I have a couple twins. I'm really? I actually have clones. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. That's good to know. <laughs> you ever seen the movie Multiplicity? No. Okay. <laughs> it's not very good, um, but I, I enjoyed it. So. Um, are you a student? Do you work? Do you do both? I Tell work. us about yourself. What do you uh, uh, I'm working on being an electrician. 
Nice. What What is your interest like? Home or like big, huge machines? Right or? now, I'm doing commercial. Jobs, okay. So warehouses and big businesses. Yeah. I learned just enough about electricity in film school to know that I would rather hire you to do it. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Um, what What gets you excited about that? Why, like, why did you? Why are you doing that? I hate being inside. So being out on a construction site is a lot better than sitting in an office somewhere or a classroom. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, yeah. So what so what do you is you want to stay there or, or do you have like a, a end goal like you know years from now that you'd like to be doing? Uh, I want to move up to project manager and then start my own residential business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. So being a general contractor building houses and things like that? Yeah. Nice. Right. That's awesome. Well, very cool. So, how long have you been associated with North Boulevard? Since I was born. All right. And what changes have you seen? since you were born in North Boulevard? Um, it's gotten bigger, a lot of people. Yeah. Stop laughing at me, Jacob. <laughs> uh, it's gotten bigger, it's grown a lot. The mission has grown a lot. Yeah. It's opened up a lot, so yeah. yeah. And so what, what groups are you part of through North Boulevard besides this class? Uh, I work with MT316 a lot. And yeah. Yeah. Cross chat. Yeah. Cross chat. Stuff like that. Yeah. That's very awesome. Um, if there was somebody here visiting or watching at home and they didn't know anything about MT316 and they were thinking about maybe coming next Sunday, what would you say to them? Um, it's a very open, casual, easy way to get involved. Yeah. Welcoming. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what was your um, What was your favorite toy as a child? Uh, I was I liked Thomas the Train. Ooh, Thomas yeah. the Train. I, was, I actually still have them. My yeah. Mom won't throw them away. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, they're probably worth something. And some of those things like, like the like the electric with the tracks to this, yeah. like you could like really get into that. It's like pretty expensive and yeah. Um, what is so you work with animals? A lot, I guess your family does, right? Mm -hmm. What is the most exotic animal you've ever like, touched or sat on? Um, probably, so I used to work at Lucky Life Farms, I was a yeah. manager there, Okay. so probably either the turkeys or uh, the Canadian alpaca. Nice. Canadian alpaca. Yeah, they're they that's nice. They're really annoying. <laughs> yeah, okay. Are they, do they spit a lot? They, a lot. Wow, that's disgusting. All right, well, uh, happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Thank you, Carson. Everybody give Carson a big hand. All right, that's always fun. Okay, so Ben has been doing this series on the life of Christ from the Gospel of Mark. So if you'll open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 16, we're going to wrap that up today. And we're just going to spend some time kind of talking with each other. So Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to be. I will have it on the screen, uh, part of it anyway. But if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up there. If you want to make some notes or something you can. I don't have a, this is not going to be a normal class I teach where I've got a bunch of history and things for you. I mean, Ben's done a great job going through that um, for most of the series. And what we're going to look at today really is very short. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask a question. And I'm not going to require 100% participation, but I would love a percentage of participation approaching 100%. <laughs> Okay, and so it's a real simple, non-invasive question. You don't have to answer it. I'm not going to call on you, but if you just want to raise your hand or shout something out, 
that would be great. So the question is very simple. This, what's something you're thankful for? So this is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Um, we got a lot to be thankful for here in this country and here at this church here in Murfreesboro. So what's something that you are thankful for? I'll go first. I got two dogs at home. They're always there. They always greet me at the door. They're always full of love for me. I'm mostly full of love for them, even when they are going to the bathroom in the kitchen like they did this morning. Um, but that's probably also my fault as well. Um, but uh, anyway, but I love my dogs. I'm very thankful for them. So something simple. What are you guys thankful for? Right um, like church family that feeds you. I know that sounds weird, but... Like Dunkin' Donuts feeds you? No, like okay. Sunday, hey, you want to come to lunch? Because you just think about it. Because I would be really thankful. <laughs> okay, I got you. Just, I see what you're saying. Just a hint there. Um, but you just think about it. It's like, man, that saves me a lot of money. All the times people have taken or invited to your home. You know, yeah. So, and it's happening today. So it's like, oh, thanks, Lord. Yeah, that reminds me. I need my luggage back. Yes, you um, do. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, okay, who else? What are you thankful for? I got my last paper for the semester on Tuesday. That's going to be All right, nice. What was your paper about? Uh, the presence of religion in Hamlet. Nice. Presence of religion. That's no, it's nice. not. Presence of religion in Hamlet. Yes. In the, yeah. Okay. I, I think I'd like to read that, actually. Yeah. Will you send me a, Yeah, send me a copy. All right, what are you thankful for? Any, do you have your hand up? What are you thankful for, Annie? Embassy Suites. Embassy Suites, because you work there, right? Yes. Yeah, we're thankful that you're there because you keep it looking, looking sharp for everybody. Yeah, good to Yeah. So uh, what else? What are you thankful for? I have a wife and two children. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's awesome. Who are they? And a nephew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and a nephew. <laughs> what else? What are, you, what are you guys thankful for? Finished one class like completely, and on Tuesday or on Monday I finished another one like no exam or anything. Yeah, so, nice. Already finishing classes. Woo-hoo. What year are you? It's a good feeling. A senior. Oh, nice. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So a senior, you're gonna be done, or yeah. senior like you got another semester or got summer. Another semester. Yeah, nice. So close. So close. So Very good. Who else? What are you thankful for? Good morning. Come on in. What are you thankful for? Let's get like two or three more. I'd say I'm thankful for my education and growth. Okay. Nice. Your growth, like your personal growth, or like you have like a mole um, on your neck? or. Yeah, I actually saw this weird freckle thing, and I'm just hoping kidding. it won't grow today. But, yeah. but um, your personal no, growth. But also, I'm just thankful for spiritual growth and... Um, Emotional growth, a lot of, just a lot of growth. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Thank you. All right, a couple more. By the way, pretty much the whole morning is going to be you guys answering questions. So <laughs> I realize you've sat as far away from me as possible as usual, <laughs> but but that's going to be the morning. So so what are you thankful for? This is the, these are the easiest ones. So beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. It's great. It was 47 yesterday. It's going to be 74 today. It was 40-something when I walked in. It's going to be 64 when I walked out. So I tried to dress like in the middle. So I was cold coming in. I'll be sweating when I leave. What else? What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the opportunity to be in this room every Sunday. Aww. Yeah, it's really great. I've missed you guys over the last semester. Uh, I've enjoyed, I was teaching the John's House class, which is like, um, 
I think the average age in there is probably around 70. Uh, John's house class has been a class as long as I've been alive, and there's still some charter members in the class. Miss Bobby that sits on the front row, she's 88, and she was my teacher's pet. I'm her hero, which is really awesome. So she'd invite me over for stew with some of her uh, friends, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, so one other thing that I'm thankful for, last week I taught, um, I guest taught for David Young because he was out of town. And I was teaching his class, we were talking about discipleship. And I was going through the discipleship handbook, and we're going through, you know, that slide I just showed you where it says growing disciples, and we're talking about how, you know, discipleship's a lot like taking care of a plant. Like, you can do a lot of things right, and there's things you have to do, but also there's a lot of it that's out of your hands. And uh, I mentioned these orchids. I like to go to Kroger, and I buy, like, a little $9 orchid, and I bring it home, and I just kill it. I just murder it, right? Mm -hmm. And it, sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes nine months. It's not intentional. I water it. It gets sunlight. You know, the one that I had most recently lasted probably a, close to a year. I mean, it, this, this last one lasted a long time until I went out of town for two weeks and it got hot while I was gone and I didn't have the AC on and I came home and it was a stick with, um, with dead leaves around it. Anyway, so I mentioned that in class that discipleship is like, you know, you, you know there's a lot that you have to do, but at some point there's a big part of it that's out of your hands that you got to, you know, just know that that's, that's God's job or the person being discipled, that's their job to respond, you know. Your job is just to kind of keep watering the thing. And um, so anyway, Miss Janelle Peabody, who does these uh, flower arrangements, mm -hmm. she does these particularly for like um, uh, graveside designs because they're silk. And so they, they'll, uh, they'll, well, these aren't like silk, but they'll, they'll stand up outside basically because um, they're not real flowers. And so she got me this, she made me this uh, orchid, which I really appreciate because I cannot kill this one. <laughs> it is plastic. She said, uh, just dust it every couple of months. <laughs> And uh, then you can go to Asia if you want, and I have to worry about it. So, so there it is. So, um, and it's a good, I, I like it because it's like a good metaphor for like Easter Sunday because I had all these orchids that died, but then this is like, this is the indestructible body. This is the one that's never going to die. It's always going to go. So I'm, gonna, I'm very thankful for that. I'm going to put that in a nice place in my house. So it's Resurrection Sunday. Before we get to the text, one more question, which is uh, what gives you life? Now, some of your, some of you, so... You, uh, David mentioned, you know, he's got a wife and kids. That is what he's thankful for. That also, I assume, gives him gives him life, right? It adds to his life, right? So some of these questions are going to be kind of the same, but this is a little bit differently shaped question. So again, the floor is open. What's something that just really gives you life? For Carson, it's electricity. Electricity just really gives him life. Oxygen. That's a good one. It's a good one. We take it for granted, right? It's you know the story of the of the two fish who were swimming and the older fish. Swam by and the older fish said, uh, water's nice today, boys, isn't it? And the two younger fish looked at each other and said, what's water? Right? <laughs> so we take the air, the oxygen, for granted. We shouldn't do that. So what, what gives you life? Um, I, I don't know. first that came to mind was like routine. It sounds kind of weird, but like having a job and having somewhere to be and just, you know, we need things to do otherwise. Purpose. Yes, mm -hmm. purpose. Having purpose. That's a big one, yeah. Days where you don't want to go to work, it's, but... It's still really nice to have have a routine. Yeah. Great. What else? What gives you life? Mm -hmm. Seeing my family happy. Yeah. <coughs> Very good. Uh, I saw you happily happy recently on Facebook with David Hunziker. Mm. Is that something you can? That gives you life that you would want to tell us about, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This past week, I uh, 
I've been I've, I've baptized along with David Hunsaker. Uh, this this guy we've been talking with for about a year. Nice. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely was was a really cool, really cool experience. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, who else? So, and, you know, so Tyler's wins, obviously. That's okay. Um, but what else? What else gives you, gives you life? You talked about earlier. Be warm outside. Just be able to go outside and do things now. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading, uh, not to completely change the mood in here, but I, I was reading just yesterday in Wall Street Journal is an article where people taking their own lives, that number spikes in the spring, which I did not expect. And there's a lot of curiosity about why that is. Um, but I think some of it is maybe it is seasonal affective disorder, but it's like it's at the end of it. It's like people who just have fought it for months and, and decide they can't take it anymore, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was an odd an odd thing, but there definitely is. There's also this big dip in the summer when people can like, go outside and work and do things and get to experience a lot of sunshine for months and months in a row. And um, yeah, God's creation definitely gives us life. Let's get uh, like one or two more and then we'll need to read the text. I feel like I have two answers. Okay, well that'll just count as one. Okay. So when I'm a big words of affirmation person, so like. Okay. When people tell me... I love that you're a words of affirmation person, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, when people notice... Well, I guess when I'm appreciated, I really love that. And when they tell me, like, you're doing a great job, and, the, like, they're genuine, and, like, you know, you're a great worker. Like, I'm, I'm like, wow, that's really great. Yeah. Um, and then also, I'm, I think what gives me life is... Um, just reflection when I look back on my life where it has been and where it is now it's like wow just gives me life of like wow, such God's really brought me through a lot of stuff interesting yeah that's great yeah so looking at what's behind you knowing it's behind you but mm -hmm. seeing being thankful for it like you were saying the growth earlier mm -hmm. everything that's happened since and all that God's done for you and given you and that's great that's awesome Thanks. you know I I often feel like <coughs> uh, sometimes that I don't get a lot of affirmation, but I think what makes me feel better when I feel that way is giving someone else mm -hmm. words of affirmation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it is interesting that so many emotions that we experience that are good, we experience both by receiving and by being the, the giver of that same thing, whether it's mm -hmm. love or affection or affirmation or gratitude or whatever it is. Awesome. Okay, uh, I'd love to force every one of you to answer, but um, we don't have time. So we're going to look at Mark 16. So go ahead and open up in your Bible to Mark chapter 16. We're going to conclude the Gospel of Mark today. Uh, and maybe in a way that might surprise most of you. Some of you may be familiar with this, but many of you may not be. Oh, and I can't read that. So I have to read this. All right, so this is Mark chapter 16. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. And this is verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices, bought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, 
they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. They went out and ran from the tomb because, uh, because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. So your scripture probably goes on, but the earliest manuscripts that we have of Mark, this is where the Gospel of Mark ends. Isn't that wild? Isn't that a crazy ending? Right? But uh, you guys watch a lot of TV, and you guys probably binge watch stuff on Amazon or Netflix or something now, right? Um, so, and you may remember this from actual television. Maybe there's still shows on TV where you do this. But, you know, used to, when an episode was over, you had to, like, wait a week to find out what was going to happen. You couldn't just watch the next one right away, right? Okay. So, my brother got me into Lost like about early in season two, like halfway through season two. So he got me the DVDs for season one. I bought like a few episodes on iTunes to catch up in season two. And then I watched it week to week on television. And one of the most frustrating parts was there'd be some giant cliffhanger ending at the end of every episode, particularly at the end of the season. And then you have to wait for months sometimes. One of the best things was at the, I think it was season three maybe, they did like a little six week half season and then they did the rest of it later so they did like six weeks in like September October and then they weren't gonna do the rest of the episodes until like February or March and so at the end of those six episodes in the fall at the very end something happened and they had an hour this guy was gonna die in like an hour and he's like if you're not at you know if you don't radio me by such-and-such such before he dies you know and we all had to wait like six months to find out what was gonna happen in the next hour it was crazy it was so brilliant you know so I love this ending of Mark because it kind of does that, mm -hmm. right? They go to the tomb. The tomb's rolled away. Jesus is not there. They say what happened to Jesus, right? This uh, person that we presume, we presume is, a, is uh, an angel, although it doesn't say that, does it? It just says it's a young man dressed in a white robe. Um, so, I mean, you know, in first century Rome, there's probably a lot of young men wearing white robes, but we presume this is an angel. And he says, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he's risen. He's not here. And go tell his disciples. And they are overwhelmed with trembling and astonishment, as anyone would be if they're going, expecting to see a dead body and finding, finding out that apparently this body is out walking around somewhere, right? Okay? But that's where the gospel ends. Now, in your text, you have more verses. So you have 9 through 20 or 22 or something like that. I think it's 9 through 20. And so what you have there is an ending very similar to the other Gospels. May have been written by Mark himself, may have been part of the original Gospel. It's definitely in early manuscripts, I think even as early as the 2nd century, early 2nd century, which, you know, Gospel of John was written in the 1st century, early 2nd century, or at least compiled around then. So, um, so it's difficult to say if this was originally part of the Gospel of Mark 9 through 20, but it doesn't appear to be. It appears to be something that was sort of added as a clarification or to kind of fill in what some of the other Gospels fill in. What do you have in 9 through 20? You have got Jesus being seen by his disciples. You have a reference to the Emmaus walk, which is only in Luke, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, that's kind of 
half-heartedly mentioned in there. Uh, you have a, a form of the Great Commission is in there with Jesus uh, ascending. And so, uh, in fact, there's actually like an alternate ending um, where it's just two verses. And so you may see that in the footnotes of your Bible, or if you have a digital Bible that you're following along with, you may see the footnotes there that uh, the the... I forget what the uh, eight and nine, verses 8 and 9 are, but they're basically like, uh, and Jesus was seen by many people and uh, went and ascended into heaven. And, you know, it's, just, it's like an even shorter summary. Um, and so I think uh, both of these endings, the reason why we definitely have this ending in all of our Bibles is because whoever was translating for the King James Bible, which obviously is very influential in English Bibles, had that 9 through 20 in there. And so that's how it's made it to us today. But as we've studied, what we've learned is the original Gospel of Mark probably ended right here. They went out and ran from the tomb because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. So uh, in my professional life, I do video production, some marketing strategy, those kinds of things. And one thing that I've probably done more than anything else is fundraising videos. So nonprofits, uh, usually people I meet through, through church, will tap me to do some kind of fundraising video. And even the, the first job really I did for this church was doing the video for the 2020 vision. And so I don't approach things in a very typical way, which is probably why I don't uh, get a lot of work. But, uh, but the work that I do get, for instance, the 2020 film that I got here, um, you know, it was kind of like, well, we need a video to kind of tell people what we're raising money for, what the vision is, what we're trying to do. Thankfully, I had some people that really trusted me and believed in me and just kind of handed me a budget with very little parameters and said, you know better what we need than we do, so, so go and, and make something. So what I like to do when I'm doing these fundraising videos, or rather what I, what, I, what I don't like to do, I don't like to put the ask or even really a lot of the details in the fundraising videos. You see a lot of fundraising videos and you'll see bar charts and graphs of how much money they need and where it's all going to go and that kind of stuff. Totally fine. That works. It's informative. That's okay. It does well on the website. That sort of thing. But what I think probably works best is if I kind of tell you the story and kind of give you a feeling of what's going on here and then right as you have that feeling there's a human being standing in front of you that says so you know if you give us a hundred bucks towards this we'd make this happen. And it's a lot harder to turn down somebody in person, right? So that's kind of why I engineer those videos that way. Have a, the story of the, you know, the Christian Student Center or uh, Greenhouse Ministries or whatever it is. And then right as the video ends, somebody gets up like Ted Beatty or somebody and does the ask. And says, so what we're asking of you today. And then there's folders on the table and people give. I think that that probably works, works better. And so that's, I, I'm guessing that's probably the idea behind why Mark ended his gospel this way. Because the gospel of Mark is kind of short and it's kind of like a sermon. Right, it's probably a little longer than a sermon we'd want to sit through, but in the first century, no big deal, right? So, to read through all of Gospel of Mark, it's real short. It moves really quickly. It moves, it even feels shorter than it, than it is because it feels like a movie. It feels like an action film. Everything's just always moving all the time. And then you get here and you end with sort of this cliffhanger ending. And so two things are happening. Number one, as with all cliffhanger endings, it sets you up for the sequel, right? It sets you up for what happens next, right? Uh, book two, you know, the book of Acts, Paul's letters, that sort of thing, your life being the sequel. Uh, but it also creates this feeling, this overwhelming trembling and astonishment. Think about everything that you've learned in the series 
thus far on Mark. Or if you haven't been here, just think about if you've read Gospel of Mark before. Think about everything that happens in Mark. For the first eight chapters, it is Jesus is, has power over this. Jesus has power over that. Jesus has power over demons. He has power over uh, lameness, blindness, deafness. He's got power over death. He's raising little kids. He's raising Lazarus. He's raising himself. And in all of this, he's saying, because you see that I have power over these visible things, know that I have power over the unseen, that I have power over sin, that I have power to forgive, that I have the power to restore, that I have the power to make all things new. That's what today is about, right? Resurrection Sunday, making all things new. And so what you see here in the Gospel of Mark, after it's just shown you this powerful Jesus, and then Jesus dies. Jesus is, is, is murdered. He's taken to court. He's convicted. He's brutally uh, punished and killed. He's put in the tomb. All hope seems to be lost at the end of this powerful story. Imagine you've never heard this story before, and you hear about this powerful um, man. seems like a man. He keeps calling himself son of man and son of God and these other things, and, and he has power over all these things, and, but they, in the end, they finally kill him. That can't be the end of the story. No, the end of the story is they come, and the tomb is empty, and apparently he's risen, but where is he? And now we just have trembling and astonishment. So imagine that you've heard that sermon from somebody, you're somebody, you're a Gentile in the first century, someone has told you the story, read you the scroll, and they put the scroll down, or you get to the end of the scroll, what, that's it? That can be it, what's next? And now you've got somebody there in person to kind of do the ask, to tell the story of the gospel, to pick up where this young man leaves off and say, let me tell you about who Jesus is, let me tell you about what Jesus has done for me, let me tell you about what salvation means, let me tell you about what it means for you. So in just our last, we got about 10 minutes left here, but I just want to ask a couple more questions. So the first one is this. What surprises you about Jesus? Some of you may be new followers. Some of you have, have, were born in the pew, like me and Carson. Right? So what, regardless of your following of Christ, what has surprised you about Jesus over your time knowing him? Not too long ago, Jonathan at um, <clears throat> School Discipleship went over like Jesus as a rhetorician, and that was very interesting. Um, that was my minor, so I, I love mm. rhetoric. But um, since then, I, I look at texts, and at times I'll look at Jesus's rhetoric and think, just, you know, apply that to your discipleship and what does he hit on and how does he present and what are his yeah. ethos? Like? Brilliant storyteller, brilliant right. teacher. Right. And of so. course, he invented those things, so why wouldn't he be? But when we think of him, we think of him as a human, and we're sort of surprised by that. Like, why would he even be interested in that? It's right. like, well, his whole ministry was teaching and speaking. Right. Yeah. Great. What else? What, do you, what surprises you about Jesus? Still, you know, wanted to see if God would take it, but when he knew he wouldn't, he was still 
obedient. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, to kind of tie those things together a little bit, um, I'm thinking about Mark 4, where there's the storm, and all the disciples are upset, and Jesus is asleep, and they wake him up, and, uh, you know, we always have the, like these, you know, Thomas Kincaid paintings, Jesus on the bow of the boat with his hand up and the storm's blowing away or something like he's Aquaman. But, but I, I, I've, I've seen that more like, like the storm was nothing to him. He was not worried about that. He made that, right? Mm -hmm. So what he was annoyed at was being woken up by these disciples that didn't have any faith that they were going to be okay. So I see him more turning around like a, like a mom to her child in the store that's just going, Mom, 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 Mom. You're right? And the mom turns around and goes, Stop it! Right? Uh, that got said to me a lot, in case you're wondering how I do. And so I just see Jesus turning around saying, Peace, be still. And everything stops. And then he turns back around. Now he's, you know, he would have their attention at that point, I would think, right? But now notice how that pays off at the gar in the garden. When you're talking about the garden. In the garden, where Jesus, again, responds to everything that happens after that prayer time in the garden with such peace and determination. And Scripture says even joy, while all the disciples ran away. See, it's the same situation again. So early on in their discipleship, it's a, it's a rhetoric, it's, it's, it's a teaching. It's not just with words, but it's even in the experiences that He's allowing them to go through. He shows them in the boat, hey, you guys didn't have any faith, you weren't ready, you should have been sleeping even when the storm came, but you weren't because you didn't have faith in the person who was in charge of the storm. And you see that play out again in the garden. Jesus, through his prayer, has faith in the God um, that, he, that he is, and God the Father. And the disciples don't. They don't pray. They sleep. And so when trouble comes, they run. Uh, what else surprises you about Jesus? I think it kind of ties in with his mercy. Because if there's, I mean, that's something I have a hard time with, you know. Yeah. He has perfect mercy, and I, I really struggle with, how am I going to have that? Yeah. Yeah, one of the lines in, in the Lord's Prayer is, uh, forgive me as, as we forgive others, or forgive us as we forgive others, right? Uh, and when we say that, we think that means, you know, God's been really forgiving of me, so I should be forgiving the other people. But that's not the line. That's not what it says. It says, God, you forgive me how I forgive other people. That's, forgive us as we, have, as we have forgiven others. That's the line of the prayer. That's what Jesus tells you to pray. Uh, like, that terrifies me to pray. Because if God forgives me like I forgive some other people, it's not going to go well for me. Because <laughs> I'm not so good at that sometimes, right? Um, so, and this goes along too with, I think, the thing that surprises me about Jesus, which is uh, not just his mercy, but his continual mercy. And it's new every morning, the scripture says, right? That no matter what, uh, what I'm doing, no matter how far I've wandered off, no matter what bad choices I've made, Every time I come back, he's running to meet me. He's got so many fattened calves that have been slaughtered uh, to bring me home. And that surprises me about Jesus, that after all the things that I know that I've done in my life, to come around and say, I still want to follow you. I still want to trust you. I still want to stand up and teach and tell other people about you. you know, Jesus never says, no, nope, I've had it with you. No, nope, that was too much. Jesus says, yeah, come on. And that is really surprising because likewise it's, you know, somebody hurts me three or four times like I'm, I'm done, you know, and Jesus says, I'm not done. Uh, similar question, but just going a little bit deeper. How has, and maybe getting a little more personal, and this, this is being recording, so share only what you want the entire world to know. 
Um, but how has Jesus given you life? What's a way that Jesus being part of your life, how has Jesus given you life? Yes. Um, one way Jesus has given me life is by um, introducing me to Celebrate Recovery and um, just the accountability partners and the sponsor and just like all the community that's there mm -hmm. to support us and just, just to encourage you on with your walk. Yeah. I know if I didn't have it, I'd be in a totally different ball field. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't know about Celebrate Recovery, you can go to the North Boulevard homepage, northboulevard.com. There's a big Celebrate Recovery button right on the homepage. You can click that. That'll pop you over to their site, uh, which I think has a whole lot of information on it. But uh, meets every Monday night, right? Mm -hmm. at the, in the filling station at, starting at 6, yes? Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, it's free. You go the first time. Yeah, the first time you go is free. After that, you ask you to pay a little. $2. Yeah, $2. Come on, $2. Um, yeah, it's Linda Henson fixes it usually. She still does. She still do the cooking. I think so. Yeah, does, she's. Does a life group rotates. Okay. Like couples. They still do a job though. So amazing. So good home cooked food, and um, but more than that is you get kind of a group worship time. You get sort of uh, that 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 meal time together, sort of a group worship time, and then you can kind of separate out into some smaller groups where it's a little easier to share with people who understand what you're going through. Yeah. Um, so maybe one, one last response to this. Someone, someone be brave. You're, you're, you've got to answer, but you're scared to share it. But we want you to be brave and know that you're among people that love you. And I want you to share with us this morning. How has Jesus given you life? You want to say more about that? Mm, you know, like being part of the body of Christ, yeah. part of the church. Yeah. You know, being saved by him as part of his family. Yeah. And it kind of gives you a sense of purpose being out here in this like temporary life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, if you couldn't hear on this side or for the recording, just having a, a a sense of purpose in the family, being part of God's family and being part of the people. And uh, I know, uh, you know you're involved with the campus ministry there at Tennessee Tech. I was involved in campus ministry at University of Memphis the two years that I was a student there. When I went to film school in North Carolina, they did not have campus ministry. There was like a little Bible group that I, kind of, I hung out with a little bit, but they, none of them went to my school, and, and uh, they were different than me. But when I went to film school, I basically I didn't have a lot of Christian friends. And if I had not had those two years in campus ministry at University of Memphis, I wouldn't be standing here. Talking to you right now, probably would not be alive, um, but I definitely would not be here teaching. I can pretty much say that with certainty, and so I'm with you, and that's why I care about uh, teaching this class so much. That's why people like Carrington and I hang out um, uh, when we can, and uh, like you were saying earlier, we receive a lot by being in the body, but we also have that opportunity to give back and and to share with each other and hold each other accountable and those kinds of things. Very awesome. Thank you all for sharing. Okay, so one last question as we leave here. It's, it's 10.15 and we'll get you out of here mostly on time today. And that is this. So when they went to the tomb, the women went to the tomb and they, they, they were asking themselves a question on the way to the tomb. And what is it? Those of you still have your Bibles open. How are we going to get the stone to roll away? 
yeah, who will roll the stone away for us? And when they got there, not only has Jesus risen, but the stone was rolled away. So um, I, I, I just wrote a, a book that's sort of about depression and loneliness and, and suicide. It's a little fiction, a short story. But in doing a lot of research and stuff for that, one thing I found is there are so many people walking around asking inside, who, who's going to roll this away for me? And they may never ask it on the outside. They might not even look like it on the outside. But they're asking, who's going to roll this stone away? And so, again, I think it's interesting that Mark doesn't flat out say it's an angel at the end. It's just a young man in a white robe. Could easily, I guess, have been a young woman in a white robe, right? Mm -hmm. So we got lots of young men, young women in here. Some of you are in kind of white robes, right? Um, so my question for you is, who, who do you know that, that needs this obstacle between them and Jesus rolled away? Who needs something rolled away so that they can see that Jesus is alive and real and has power? So I want you to think about that this week. It's Resurrection Week. Easter's fine. Candy's good. Rabbits are uh, delicious. Good luck, whatever. Um, but it's Resurrection Sunday. And as with every Sunday, we want you to leave here uh, being grateful for what Jesus has done for you, for the life that He's given you, for the salvation that He's given you. If you've never been baptized, let's do it today. Let's not wait. Trust and follow Jesus today. Um, I'll do it. Brandon will do it. Somebody will do it. We'll take you in there. We'll dunk you. It'll be good. Um, but if you already are trusting and following Jesus, then think of someone this week and um, ask yourself, how can I help roll the stone away for them so that they can see that Jesus is risen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for being good. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for things that are new. We thank you for um, growth. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your consistency, for your peace, for your joy. We thank you for family. We thank you for the church family. We thank you for uh, the people who give to us. We just we thank you for gratitude. And uh, we thank you for loving us, and we thank you for loving us over and over and over, that your mercies are new every morning, that your forgiveness is unending, and that you give it so freely and uh, without favoritism, and that you love us, that you've saved us, and we can't wait to be with you forever. And may we experience a little piece of that today, but even more, Father, we pray that we would help somebody else experience it. And uh, so put someone on our hearts, put someone on our hearts who has a, has a great stone standing between them and uh, the risen uh, Savior. And give us the passion, give us the wisdom, the understanding, give us the patience, give us the forgiveness and the mercy and the gratitude and the peace and the joy to be able to help roll that stone away for them so they can see that Christ is the answer to all things and that He makes all things new and that as He lives, uh, we also shall live. We love you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.